This episode has been brought to you by Made With Rage. Made With Rage is a black British-owned Etsy store selling Harry Potter and Star Wars face masks, perfect for this current times, swimwear, bags, and loads more. All products have been handmade with love and care, and bespoke requests are welcome. To find out more, click on the link in the description, or visit etsy.com slash madewithrage0. You said you'd come. Lawrence, hope Hey, hey, everybody! Welcome to uh, episode number. I can't even remember what episode number it is, but welcome <laughs> to the Wulong Talks podcast. <laughs> it's been so long; we don't know what the episodes are anymore. You know what? You but know, you know welcome. what? It don't matter. Welcome. That's it. Welcome. Exactly. Glad to be back. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> welcome to the Halloween special of the Wulong Talks podcast. Uh, my name is Jason. I'm the co-host of the show, and I'm joined as always by. Well, he's no longer the rustling kid. He's just George Diamond, mate. Um, hey, Mr. George Kid. <laughs> What's happening? What's happening? AKA Rich yeah. Reviews. What's going yeah, on, yeah, man? Yeah. I'm all good about that. You know, you should have said it like this. Welcome to another episode of Wulong Talks, the Halloween special. Should have said it like that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and then after, after you should have counted like the count. One, two. You know, Quincy is actually shook at the count. Like you proper shook. You don't like the count right. at all. It's listen, hilarious. listen. Not in the band, though, yeah. Not this. This is unscored truth. We may look at it with fun memories now, but Sesame Street was a bit of a madness. Yeah, there's mm. bare bare character. You've got one person that lives in a garbage truck or garbage can. Yeah, you've got a big bird. Yeah, you've yeah. got you've got like a what a snuffleupagus. Yeah, <laughs> you've got, and then you've got the count, and then you've got the two people that don't even speak, but they but they're joined twins. Yeah, like come on, man. Yeah, like I think yeah, I don't blame Quincy for being shook of the count. Like, and that's the least of his problems. Mm-hmm. If you if you roll it through there. <laughs> yeah, Sesame Street is low key scary anyway. So um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't blame the boy for that. <laughs> But um, yeah, listeners, welcome. Thank you for uh, checking us out. If you're coming here for the first time and listening to us, welcome. Uh, what we do here is we talk about movies, comic books, TV shows, and loads of geek culture stuff and and uh, all the kind of things that, that get us excited. Um, it's been a little while, so if you're listening to us and returning to us after the, the long hiatus, thank you very much. Um, we've been off for a, a little while just doing various different things and dealing with uh, a lot of life stuff um, at the moment. You know, I've had uh, quite a bit on my plate uh, recently as well. I've had like various different issues that I've dealt with and uh, even had a, a few issues with my mental health, unfortunately. But the good news is um, I feel like I'm kind of turning a corner and and getting back on track. So hopefully this is the, the start of good things and, and good things to come. Um, as we usually do here, we will talk about our favourite kind of movies, TV shows and, and comic books. But as it's Halloween, it's going to have a horror twist and a horror 
tint to it. So we'll be talking about some of the kind of scary movies we've been checking out recently and some of our favorite uh, horror comic books and horror video games as well, I guess. So it would, would be a good area to talk about as well. But before we get into all of that, uh, Rich Kid, how have you been? Um, what have you been up to? You've been uh, playing anything recently or reading anything or watching anything cool? Uh, you know, I've, I haven't been up to a lot, but I have been up to a few things. Um, computer game wise, um, I've been playing. Well, you know, I need to actually go back to it, but I did start Starlink. So I'm um, my, I, you know, it was, it was it was Luca's birthday in August, and his his auntie, my sister, was so lovely to get him a Nintendo Switch Lite, and um, we got the Starlink, the Star Fox edition, um, for for five pounds from the entertainer. So um, anybody who's got a Nintendo Switch and has ever been interested in getting Starlink, um, go to the entertainer now for £5. Um, and I mean, you can you cannot go wrong. So I've been playing that on my end. And then between me and Luca, he's for some reason not playing the Nintendo Switch. He's uh, We've been playing Sonic Forces on the PS4, which um, we've started a little while back and we've got back to it and we've just been plowing through it, man. Like he's like, I'm at, you know He's never really been a computer guy apart mm. from Minecraft. But now that he's into this, this is like literally something where me and him are sitting down and we're playing it together. Like, Daddy, do this. And I'll be like, like Luca can't do it. Then he'll do it. Oh, Daddy, I got an S. Oh, like, Luca, I got a C. And like, now we're doing good. Then his friends might come over and we all might end up playing together. So we're heading in the right direction for geekdom. That, that much I can tell you. Um, yes, yeah, so computer game wise, that's what I've been doing. Comic book wise, still the same thing, man like since since lockdown or since the pandemic i haven't really been to the comic book stores man i mean like all of my information i'm getting i'm getting online and i'm not even reading comic books online i'm literally just going to like wiki pages or listening to like a few channels on youtube i mean if anything we can maybe say some at the end because these are really quite insightful and um quite you know quite entertaining as well mm. and um tv wise um yeah there's been a few things i've been watching but you know what should we save that for later yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. cool, man. Yeah, 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 but, yeah, but that's about it. Cool, cool. That That's a major milestone, man, definitely, like, getting the kid yeah. to play, like, the, the games with you, because that's something I'm definitely looking forward to doing with Quincy mm, as well, mm. so... So yeah, that is a, a proper breakthrough. I've I've not played Sonic Forces yet, so um I'll need to okay, go okay. And, uh, check that out at a certain point as well. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's a good look. Cool. Well, me, um, what have I been doing? I mean, apart from the stuff that that Rich and I will talk about in a bit, um, because for some reason I've seen a whole heap of horror in like the past six or seven <laughs> months. I don't know why that is, but yeah, I've just been watching loads of it. Um, but aside from that, uh, it's mostly been kind of watching um tv really and trying to catch up on, on various kind of streaming shows and stuff um as you guys know i'm, I'm a bit of an anime bod so i've been watching uh, various different things i've been catching up with uh, case closed aka detective conan um so that's still going on and and uh, been enjoying that uh, quincy's not been watching it as much um because he's more kind of getting into Things like Paw Patrol, although he's still a bit scared of Paw Patrol, but at the same time, he likes Paw Patrol. It's, it's a bit of a weird thing. He love-hates it, really. Um, and what else have we been watching? Um, well, he hasn't watched this, but I've watched Way of the House Husband on, on Netflix, um, which was actually quite entertaining. I, I quite enjoyed that. Uh, and yeah, aside from that, I watched the, the TV show that everybody's been talking about, uh, Squid Game. 
um, which mm. I'll, I'll go into a, a bit of detail more about when we kind of get into kind of our recent horror viewings and, and things like that. But um, but that was very, very enjoyable. Um, yeah, really enjoyable. Uh, definitely does live up to the hype um, in terms of its execution and its delivery. So, uh, yeah, definitely worth checking that one out. And, of course, I've been listening uh, furiously and studiously to... Um, to your offerings, Rich, on okay. uh, Danger Room Analysis and, and checking Thank it out. You, so we'll definitely give that a little plug at the end of the show. And also, um, for those of you that don't know, Rich also made a guest appearance on uh, May Amada's uh, Story X Story podcast in the recent episode where they discussed uh, Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. Um, they gave their review and then their thoughts on kind of the movie structure and and what it means for representation for uh, Asian characters on the big screen. Uh, and it's thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyable. And I'm biased, but I know, but I really enjoyed listening to it, Rich. So, um, yeah, congratulations on that. And um, folks, definitely go and uh, check that out, man. It was uh, really, really good to listen to. Um, you know what? Sorry, like, after mm. that, uh, you asked me that question, and then I said, oh, I just don't do this. I just done this. And you came out of a whole heap of, whole heap of things. And I just realized, you know what? I did a bit more, man. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, like, it's always huh? the way, isn't it? You're just kind of like, you get there and you, and you think, yeah, 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 I've done all of that. And then someone starts talking yeah. and you go, oh, shit, I forgot to talk about this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, no, go through, man. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, no, I mean, like, one, no, because you were talking about, well, what kind of jogged my memories that I started Squid Games yesterday or the day before. Oh, so, right, um, right. Yeah. Um, with Luca, I've been watching The Legend of Korra and that cartoon. I mean, I've been, Ooh, we've been yeah. trying to watch it on and off like mm. for quite a few years, and we keep on like watching it, they're not getting they're not getting into it, and now we are into it. We're like second season. That cartoon is bad. Yeah, Legend that of Korra cartoon is, is bad. Mm. And and I remember seeing on Twitter somebody doing a post about it and saying that, you know, people that say, Oh, you know what, the legend of Korra and Avatar the Last Ember, oh, it's fake, it's not really anime. And someone said, it's not meant to be anime. Legend of Korra and Avatar The Last Airbender, they're what you call true love letters to anime. And mm. you know what? I'm not going to lie to you, man. The animation and the storytelling and everything else that goes along with what I've seen in Korra so far, it's better than some of the anime that I've watched. Mm. So, mm. I mean, that, and, and that's, so, I mean, people who want to talk smack about it, I mean, that, that, that's up to them. But I've, I've seen my fair amount to know what's good and what and what's not good hmm. um yes legend of Korra, squid game and um i'm not sure if i said this to you last time i think i may i may have said it to alvin on danger analysis but um sex education man that show is easily Ooh, that show is my yeah. number one show right now that's my number one show do you know i still haven't started the first third season yet i was like it, it came out a little while ago and i was like yeah yeah i need to settle down and watch it and then i've just like had no time to, to flip and do it so I, I do need yeah. to watch it but but yeah I've heard like a lot of good things about this third season so I definitely am going to uh, check that out soon as well mm-hmm. but yeah but yeah, but yeah that, that's about it man so like it was just cool. it was just cool, those cool. things that I, that I remembered <laughs> yeah yeah no that's sweet man but um yeah Legend of Korra is dope man and and listen like the, the one thing you're going to find online is a bunch of like anime snobs who yeah. always go like, oh, well, this thing is better than nah, 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 nah. Like, it's the same people who moaned about like Attack on Titan and, and were like, oh, well, the animation, I don't like the 3D. It's nothing compared to this and that and the other. And it's just like, oh, bore off, man. <laughs> like you yeah, people yeah, are just yeah. boring. You're just snobs. Like that's literally all it is. Like some people 
in fandoms, whatever fandom it, it, it may be, you could you you always come across them. You know, they're people who like like to gatekeep and like to act like if you don't like this thing, then blah 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 blah. You're not, you know, you're not really a fan and, and whatever. And it's like, no, sharp. I can like both. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I can like both things. Like, there's there's no rule book that says you must like this or else. Like, or I can like neither. It's up to me to decide what I want to do and what I don't want to do. So exactly. um, yeah, just ignore them people, man. Legend of Korra is like serious listeners. Go and check it out, and it's it's wicked, wicked. Especially if you're a, a, an Avatar fan, like flipping hell, man. You should you should be watching Legend of Korra for sure. Well, well, the funny thing is, I'm actually not a fan of um, Avatar. Like I couldn't Avatar the Last mm. Airbender. I couldn't get into, mm. but the Legend of Korra, yeah, man, it just got me. Like when when it got me, it got me. But I mean, I, I, we're probably gonna have to go back anyway because obviously they're linked. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, man, all those anime snobs, yeah, whatever, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it's ridiculous, ridiculous. All right, well, um, let's jump into our Halloween chat, really, because I said it is uh, Spooktober, um, so everybody should be getting down to their spooky business right about now. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe you are preparing yourselves for your Halloween party that will be coming up. Maybe you're buying your skeletons and your pumpkins and decorating everywhere. Um, but I guess the first thing I wanted to kind of ask you, because I don't think I've ever asked you this really, Rich, is um, what kind of things do you do at your home to celebrate Halloween and what was it like for you as as a child growing up with Halloween as well because my experience was (laughs) shall we say patchy but I'll explain why but um yeah what was it like for for you kind of growing up I mean for me growing up um to be fair Halloween was kind of non-existent to be Mm. fair I think yeah you know what I mean let's call a spade a spade I, I came from like an African household I was born in the 70s raised in the 80s you know fairly religious family even when they weren't but yeah it's just you know like it's, you call it what you want it's juju voodoo black magic you know over. <laughs> <laughs> like it's you know so i didn't really i think the first time i went trick-or-treating was i, I was 16 yeah i was 16 i'd literally I, and i can tell you when i just moved into what's it called into southview close and i took my sister trick-or-treating and because We'd never done it before, even though we knew what had to be done. We didn't really have the costume and all that stuff. So I remember I just cut up like a black plastic bag, cut mm. some arms out in there and all that stuff. And then, you know, and we just went around the estate and just knocked on doors and got a few sweets here and there, you know, chased some people, got chased ourselves. We you know people dressed up and that was it. So Halloween has never really been one of those, you know, hallmark holidays that I participated in. And I've only really started to really take part in it when I had Luca. And even then, it was never really me. So I've only done the last few Halloweens with him. Other than, other than that, it was his mum, because his mum, well, I mean, his mum, as far as I'm concerned, comes from like the, the, the Halloween Mecca, which is America. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, so like she would do the whole, get the costume, you know, oh, sorry, get, make the costume for him, take him out and all that stuff. But in the last two years when I've taken them, I've actually really enjoyed myself. So I've mm. definitely missed, I think it's something that I've definitely missed out on something in my childhood. And I'm, and, I'm, and I'm happy that I'm able to participate in somewhat now, even though I don't look, you know, particularly look forward to it. But I'll be like, oh, okay, you know, I, I, can, I can grab something out from it, you know, I, I can appreciate it somewhat. Mm. Mm. So, yeah. What, what about you, bro? Yeah, it's, uh, to be honest, for me, it's not entirely dissimilar. Um, you know, we... 
kind of grew up in a, a house where you know the parents were very religious especially my mother and um you know a lot of that kind of thing is is seen as heathen and pagan and you know you don't kind of bring that kind of thing into the house because that that's the tradition um but at the same time we did kind of get a little bit of it like one of the things that uh, my mum would do is is teach us like little stories and and tell us little stories about different kind of mythological creatures and, and characters from um sort of caribbean lore and and, and west african lore Mm. um so she would you know like for some halloweens like I, I remember distinctly like we'd sit down and she'd tell me the story of of like the the ladger bless uh the demon lady um you know or the jumbi the 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 ghost um yeah you know and various kind of things like that she, she'd tell us about i mean the ladger bless story i always used to like the most because it was just like creepy as hell <laughs> i mean i don't know if you know the, the 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 story or if you're familiar with it i'm sure there's probably like a version of it somewhere in in Ghanaian culture because a lot of these things are, are obviously shared um experiences anyway uh because of obviously of, of slavery and the fact that a lot of the slaves in in the caribbean came from there anyway but um but the ladger bless story is is always a one that scared me because it was um very sinister but basically for those who aren't familiar with the story uh long story short uh it's a, a female demon sometimes depending on which part of the caribbean you're talking about it could uh, be a representation of the devil or it can just be a demon or a vampire or whatever but Ladja Bless is, is um, an attractive woman who is either riding a bicycle again depending on who you ask or is walking um, but is on the road and is trying to get young men's attention um, usually she's dressed in like a blue dress that's quite flowery and, and very long and covers um, right down to the ground and uh, she's looking to kind of catch the attention of a set of young men walking late on the road. And, um, it, you know, in, in all the stories, there's always a one young man who foolishly decides to follow her into the bush and she leads them into a bush and then she leads them to the edge of a cliff. And um, as they get to the edge, she lifts her head up because she's wearing a really like big hat that covers her head. And you mm. see that her face is just a skull. And then she lifts up her, her skirt and her both her legs or one of her legs is cloven, is a cloven hoof. Um, yeah. And it scares the young man so much that they kill themselves, basically. And then she claims their souls. Um, mm. So those are the kind of like twisted stories we used to hear um, growing up. And I said, my mum was is very religious. So like, it, it was always kind of a, an interesting contrast to for her to tell us that story and then go, right, now go read your Bible, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> go and say a prayer for your soul. But um, that was kind of as, as, as close as it got. We did trick or treat once, I think, when I was maybe 10 or 11. And that was probably Pester Power that, that did that. Um, but at the time that we were growing up, I mean, uh, I'm roughly the same age as Rich, so we're talking, I guess, like kind of 80s and, and early 90s. Um, there was Halloween wasn't really that big a thing in the UK. It, it mm. just seems like it's kind of gotten bigger over the last 
I would say maybe 15 years it's, is, is when it started to really kind of become a thing in the UK. And now it's it's very common for people to have Halloween parties and, and things like that. But um, certainly from my background and where I grew up in, in kind of uh, inner city London, it, it wasn't the kind of thing that, that a lot of people did. Um, I don't know if that is is just because economically it was kind of expensive a thing to do and, and most of the people just didn't have the money to do it or if it was because of the ethnic backgrounds that people came from and the cultural backgrounds that they came from that it was kind of frowned upon I, I don't know but um yeah certainly it, it's only really in the last couple of years that it's um, become a thing and uh, now around here we, we do get some trick-or-treaters but not a lot because I live in a block of flats so like most kids are not going to bother like knocking <laughs> on various flats in here to trick-or-treat so occasionally we do get something so we'll give them some sweets and stuff but um it is something I'm looking forward to doing with Quincy hopefully once he uh, gets a bit older we'll uh, stick him in um, some Halloween dress and, and go get some sweets so I can eat more. But yeah, that was kind of our Halloween, really. But um, yeah, listeners, let us know what your Halloween was like as well. And, and what kind of things did, you know, did you do? and Do you continue to do? Do you have any traditions that you kind of follow in your household? Is it something that you've always celebrated or only recently started celebrating? Um, let us know. We'll, we'll let you know how you can get in touch with us uh, at the end of the episode. Right. Well, Richard said, um, you know, this period, it feels like I've been watching a whole heap of like horror stuff. So we'll we'll get into some chat about um, some of the recent things we've been watching on TV and in movies and uh, whether we enjoyed them or not and, and different sorts of things. Um, but I think probably we'll start with, you know, one TV show. Well, I don't even know if you could call it a TV show. So it's probably a, a, a spin-off movie. But um, this is a show, you know, me and Rich, you've heard us eulogize about before and Wulong Talks and in different places as well. Um, Rich, why don't you tell them a little bit more about uh, the, the the first thing we're going to talk about? Well, Ashen of the North, yeah? Yeah, man. Yeah, listen, like that show, I mean, um, well, that spin-off movie, I mean, let's put it this way, like the show, you, you can go and watch Ashen of the North, which is a movie, but to not watch the show, which is a spin-off of, you'll be you'll be doing yourself a disservice. Um, and the only way I can say is like this is that I mean, me and Jason have been fans of Korean, we've been fans of Korean cinema for like for for quite a few years now. Um, well, I've been we've been fans of Korean cinema since about 2006, 2007, if not earlier. Yeah, so yeah. That. In fact, probably even earlier than that, really. Yes, yeah, yeah. And then in the past few years they just seem to have really found their niche in regards to the horror genre, which I will have to say did kind of belong to the Japanese for, for a hot minute. Mm. Like the Japanese had like the ring, the grudge, you know, the, the, all of this stuff. And then, you know, like, so the, theirs was more like based from what I can gather based on, you know, um, mythological horror stories. Whereas like with Korea, they kind of just stuck to the one genre, which was like the zombie genre. And Kingdom is the series that we're going, you know, which is Ashen of the North is a spin-off of. And it's basically, you know, a zombie story told in during the samurai period, but from the Korean point of view. Hmm. Um, or the Japanese Edo period, but from the Korean point of view. And Ashen of the Ashen of the North is a spin-off of it. And listen, it is bad. <laughs> the fit the show is bad, but the film is just bad. Like number one. 
you don't even even if you haven't seen the TV show, this movie will just be there for you. Number two, if you're a fan of like you know strong female protagonists, I mean this one has it in spades. This this one this one had me turning off the TV and going like, you know what, I might go put on a dress. so yeah but um yeah no it's it's just it's just a really really good movie because i saw it before you did didn't i you did yeah 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 Yeah. and then i think i kept and literally all i kept saying was like jay you need to go watch this jay you need to watch it and you were just like yeah well i ain't got time i was like bruv if there's any time to find time now's the time to find the time to watch action of the north (laughs) and um and it's just it's just an awesome movie man like i'm it's, yeah, it's just, an, I think that probably might be one of my best movies that I've seen this year. And I really do wish, now in hindsight, that they'd released that movie this month. Because mm. I just felt, I just feel that it would have, it would have just sat better in the whole, you know, it, during the whole tone of like Halloween and things like that. As cliche as it may sound, but I just think it would have got more of a, big response and more of a look in in regards to people who may not know about the kingdom show or ashton of the north of the movie you know just because you know pe- people like to get into the spirit of things you know during christmas time you're going to watch your halloween halloween you're going to watch home alone die hard you know miracle on 36th street you know halloween you know october month you're going to watch halloween the thing friday the 13th freddy you're going to watch all of that stuff and i feel that Netflix putting out an Ashen of the North earlier in this year, they've really missed the mark because it's it's a great piece of work, man. It's a mm. great piece of work. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I did eventually get around to, to watching Ashen of the North and then fell asleep twice the first time I was watching it because I was trying to watch it at like <laughs> two in the morning. I don't know why. Um, but eventually I kind of sat down and watched it properly and was like, holy hell like i'm so glad i I actually sat down and watched it properly um you know as rich says it's just it's absolutely brilliant man um you should also be checking out the the series uh the parent series kingdom uh that uh ashen of the north is a spin-off of because it will give you a bit more context although i think you can watch it without that and still kind of enjoy the movie because it's so well made Mm. Um, but certainly, yeah, I mean, like, and Kingdom just kicks ass anyway, so you should be watching that by now. If you're not watching it, I, I don't know what to say to you. Um, like, really, like, watch Kingdom. It's it's there on Netflix. Both seasons are there. Both seasons are amazing. Um, and Ashen of the North really just kind of it, it expands on that. But um, one of the things that I loved about Ashen of the North, which I didn't really talk to you about as such um beforehand when we were kind of discussing it but it's the ruthlessness of of like the characters and again it's not like we're not going to go into spoilers here listeners so we're not going to you know try and spoil anything specific scenes and things like that but but just to give you some context like the the ruthlessness of that show of that like film is amazing and you kind of get it in the show a bit as well but but I suppose there's more of a clearly defined, like kind of good guy, bad guy kind of setup um, mm. within the show in terms of the the dynamics of the characters. Whereas in Ashen of the North, everybody's kind of a shade of grey, really. Um, yeah. And yeah, we said like the, it's just the the mercilessness of the characters' actions is just it's believable as well. That that's what makes it work for me. Like it, it's very believable that they would be that kind of there would be that desire for self-preservation because, you know, at the time that, that as Rich said, that this series is set, 
um, you know, it was tough going for the Koreans then because they were under attack from the Japanese and, you know, the, the whole country was kind of at that risk of invasion. Um, and a lot of, you know, the peasants lived in abject poverty. So, you know, it was kind of do what you got to do to to get through day by day. And that when you throw kind of like a zombie outbreak into the mix of that, it just like, yeah, it makes it fantastic. But, um, but yeah, Rich, I mean, what did you make of like, kind of like the, the characters and, and the way that the, the characters kind of interact with each other and in particular with like Ashian and, and, and how her character is handled. You know what, like hands down, like as crazy as it sounds, as much as I love the show, I feel like the movie took it one step further and mm. it made me wish that it wasn't just a movie. Because remember when we first, when it first got announced, we thought it was going to be a show. It was only when it got, until it got, when it got released and it was like, oh, it's just like a little mini spin-off movie. Um, the root and in regards to the ruthlessness, I don't think I think the show's ruthless, but Ashen, like it just went, especially the last half hour, it it just went to a really, really dark place. And I'm not even saying that in a way where it's like you won't enjoy it. Like mm. you'll just be like, wow, this is this is good. This is life. And even though it's bad stuff that's happening, the people that it's happening to deserve it. And you're not trying to say that it's right but you will say that you understand um so like i said i think it was what it really managed to do well like you said is that even if you haven't seen the kingdom tv show this as a standalone entity will still explain everything to you uh without you know number one ramming it into your face or cheating you like an idiot it has a it, like the film just has a very natural organic way of keeping you entertained and keeping you up to date mm. um and I'll probably say the only time where you might think to yourself, oh, you know, I need to go back and now watch the show will probably be right, right towards the end when it kind of links back to how the show itself actually starts. But aside from that, it's just a standalone movie. Like, hmm. the acting in it is amazing. Um, the the, the, the violent, I mean, I could probably say the action, the action in it, let's say the action in it, um, as, opposed, as opposed to martial arts. The action in it is so well choreographed and the thing that I loved about it as well is that they stuck to the times. So it's not like it's not like a wushu martial arts movie. And it's not the type of thing where you you'll watch the movie and then all of a sudden you'll see them do like, you know, like a haymaker, like you know, like a Western boxer would do. No, mm. like they really stuck to the time and the period of how people would deal with something during that time. And it just helped to keep you really ingrained and in the moment of that movie. It's such a good movie, man. It's such mm. a good movie, and, and I'm really upset that people haven't. Well, in fact, you, I think you're the only other person under that, that seen this, that seen this film, and you're mm. probably one of a handful of people that I know that watches Kingdom as well. And it still upsets me to this day, man. You know what? We should start a petition on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, effort, effort. Let's start. It. Let's, let's do it. Yeah, man. We'll we'll get we'll get some hashtags trending, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> make make Kingdom great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, but yeah, no, I hear you. I mean, I think the the, the audience is, um, I think, you know, I mean, there must be a, the, an audience there because Netflix keeps making them and because ne Netflix is particularly brutal when it comes to shows and people not watching. Like if they're not watching it, they'll just get rid. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I, I assume there is enough of an audience for them to consider, yeah, they want to keep it going and, and keep the franchise going. But yeah, you're right. It, it seems like a lot of people... Pardon me. It seems like a lot of people aren't necessarily um, 
aren't necessarily watching it, which is really strange to me uh, because it's just so good. Like, so I don't mm. really, um, you know, I don't really understand why why people aren't doing that. But but yeah, if you, listeners, if you haven't checked out um, Kingdom Ashen of the North, uh, the uh, spin-off from uh, the Netflix horror show Kingdom, then go and check that out. Um, both me and Rich have co-signed on that one uh, and you won't be disappointed. So yeah, definitely go and check that out, man. Um, was there any more kind of stuff that you'd seen recently, like movies and, and TV shows of a horror thing and, and a horror uh, event? I, I, you know, another one as well. This is another one that like I feel should have been kept for this month. And I was actually talking to um, my brother, um, so Big Joe. So we call him Big Joe. I've got a stepbrother's name called Big Joe. Um, and and I really feel that it would have how Netflix released it isn't something that isn't something that Netflix normally do. And I feel it really would have worked for this month. So it was Fear Street. I don't know. Did you, did you watch, did you watch it, Jason? Oh, no, I, you know, I haven't watched it yet. There's a trilogy, right? So it's, it's three yeah, different yeah. Um, series and it's set in different time periods, I believe. Is that yeah, correct? Yeah. Okay. yeah. So basically it's, it's three movies and all of the movies are, are connected. So the first Fear Street takes place, I think in 19, 1994. The second Fear Street takes place, I think, in 1976. And the third Fear Street takes place, I think, in 1886. And then time tra- so basically it bounces back and forth between the past and 1994. And um, the best way to describe it is that it's... Um, do you remember that TV show, Goosebumps? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. See, now, like, I never really got into Goosebumps. I think I was just that slightly bit too old to enjoy mm. it. But I remember my sister liking it. But imagine Goosebumps but violent and actually scary hmm. that's the best way to describe it and how netflix released each movie because i think each movie is like just under two hours they did it weekly so i was just chatting to my brother and like you know we hadn't speak- spoken for a little while and we were just saying how that would have worked perfectly for the month of october so hmm. you release each movie you know on you know on the friday like they do and by the time you get to the third one it kind of falls on halloween weekend and that would have just been that would have been perfect Hmm. Um, but basically Fear Street is about a town that's been divided into two and one side you know seems to prosper immensely so like you know everybody's rich everybody's good looking has the best jobs yada 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 and the other half always seems to like you know be down on on, on hard times so like the families are poor and you know obviously basically the opposite to what I've just said about the other half and then you kind of figure out that there's some form of curse in regards to the reason why one side does well and the other side doesn't and mm. it basically just kind of bounces back you know you know back and forth between time and and it also has its, and then it also links to like its own history in regards to the monsters and the reason why the monsters actually are a part of the town because they're part of a, a ritual in order to maintain this um this curse that you know keeps people in one way and keeps people in another but they have their own versions of like you know like Jason um, hmm. uh, from Friday the 13th. They've got their own versions of like, you know, um, like clown killers and stuff like that. It's, it's really, really good, man. And I really do like the fact that it was, the cast was very, the cast was very diverse. So first of all, the main characters, well, the main girl is Hispanic. Uh, and then she has a black Hispanic brother. And then the main girl is lesbian. Um, I'm not I'm trying to say that all of these things are important, but the diversity in it was just there. It wasn't 
made to say, oh, I'm lesbian and this is what it is. They just they just treated everything really, really normal. So, mm. you know, like we've said about diversity, you know, you don't, you know, we don't really see particular types of films with particular types of people in it. So when you do see it, you don't want it to be rammed in your face. You want it to feel normal. Mm. And this film just treat it treated everything perfectly, man. It was a really, really strong trilogy. And I'm I don't want to start talking about it too much because I'm scared I'm going to give away spoilers. But literally, that little synopsis of what I gave of what I gave of it, that should be enough. Trust me, go and watch it. Um, yeah, go and watch it. And that that might be that it was basically as good as Ashen of the North for me. Let's let's put it that way. Hmm. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Well, that's another thing I need to watch then. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Fear yeah. Street, I uh, I do need to to sit down and watch it because um I, I remember when you were saying it was actually good. Um and yeah, I just for some reason I completely missed it. So yeah, I need to definitely go and check that out. Cool. All right, listeners. Well, um, let us know your thoughts on Fear Street as well. And if you'd recommend it too, um, then uh, yeah, let us know. As said, you'll find out how to uh, contact us at the end of this episode. Um, all right. Well, I'll quickly uh, run through some of the horror stuff that I've been engaging with and watching recently, uh, mostly kind of like movies and TV shows. And as said, it feels like I've gone through quite a bit in just the last couple of months alone. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'll try and avoid spoilers and just whiz through these because there's quite a few on the list here. So um, uh, I'll start off with Midnight Mass. Um, which is a Netflix series. Uh, it is uh, from Mike Flanagan, the guy who did The Haunting of Blythe Manor. And he also did uh, Doctor Sleep, which I'm a massive fan of and I think is so underrated. Um, and Midnight Mass is is really, 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 really good. Like it's, it's you know, like Mike Flanagan, he's, he's such a kind of creative visionary kind of f- uh, filmmaker and and the the topics that he deals with you know he may start out with a setting that that seems very simple and very kind of like um underplayed but then you know the next thing you know he's dealing with these massive themes and these massive kind of ideas but always doing so in a way that that doesn't alienate you as an audience and and doesn't get too philosophical even though he is dealing with these big philosophical things but essentially with midnight mass it's um set on on this kind of uh, island basically that's um off the coast of america and it's kind of one of those typical sort of small town islands like a sleepy kind of fishing village and um they've got a church there like this kind of main church um and a priest turns up there who who starts kind of preaching about how um, you know, the the rapture is coming and like people need to be saved and, and stuff like that. Um, and then he's able to kind of seemingly cure some people um, on the, the island who had like long standing kind of ailments and things like this. And this coincides with uh, a main character who arrives at the, the island at the same time who um it's just returned from kind of like the big city and is trying to live the quiet life but you you find out that he's a character who's carrying a lot of guilt because he was responsible for the death of of somebody um accidentally he he was drunk and he ran someone over basically but uh, he was responsible for the death of of somebody on the island and um so that's brought that kind of he's brought a lot of guilt back with him and that's brought tension amongst the um the villagers um, but underneath all of that, there's like a whole heap of stuff going on because it deals with a lot of um, uh, sort of Christian ideology and 
um, kind of understanding of of uh, particularly of like the, the Leviticus books and, and the end of days and, and and how you know the earth is is going to end and what happens when the earth comes to an end and uh, as said there's lots going on so I don't I don't want to say too too much on this and spoil like things for people but I would say go check out Midnight Mass if you're after something very kind of dense. Um, that has the the horror elements and has the scares, but also has um, a lot of interesting kind of ideas and, and mythology around it as well. Um, so definitely worth checking that out. I would say. Uh, have you seen Midnight Mass at all? Or, or has you it know, on I your radar? No, no, it's, it's definitely popped up on popped on my radar. Um, and obviously, the so has like the other one, the haunting of like Bly thing, whatever. Um, but you know what? But this is the thing. Like, I'm not really a horror fan or a scary fan like that. And if I am, it's usually more stuff that I could probably fight. You know what I mean? So like, so I like, I like the Friday the 13th. I like the Jasons. I like the, you know, like sometimes like the, the paranormal activities. So uh, you're more of a fan of like the psychological horror. I'm more mm. of a fan of just like, okay cool i i'm if i can see it then i'm then i'm generally scared <laughs> like, right, right so right, i'm, I'm yeah, a yeah. fan of that yeah mm-hmm. so um but i have i've only heard good things about it not only just from you but literally from what seems to be the whole of the united kingdom and twitter them <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah midnight mass is is um it, it is really good it's one of those that's kind of captured the, the zeitgeist a bit um but definitely, as said, because there's just so much going on in Midnight Mass, it, it's it's worth, it's one of those things that you have to watch, but you do kind of have to pay a bit of attention because it, there is a lot that goes on. Um, I'm not going to lie, I had to like watch a, <laughs> an ending explained at the end of it just to kind of fill in some of the gaps for me because like the, the ending is just wild. So I was just like, what mm. is going on? Um but yeah, the, it, it, it's really, really good. Really, really good. And as said, like the um, Mike Flanagan is, is just amazing, man. He's a genius. So um, definitely, you know, check out uh, Midnight Mass if you get the opportunity to do that. Um, something else that I watched and I did a short, is it worth a tenor review for recently as well, was, uh, of course, Candyman. Uh, the, um, well, it's not a remake. Uh, it's wrong to call it a remake because it's not. It's a... It's a spiritual sequel to the 1992 um, Candyman movie. Uh, this one uh, kind of reframes the the, the story uh, within a wider context. Again, this is quite like Midnight Mass. It's dealing with quite big themes. So even though it's it's a horror and it's got it's like kind of bloody moments and stuff, it, it's actually dealing with a lot of um, you know quite large ideas and quite complex ideas about um you know kind of guilt uh, no not even guilt like pain basically and how pain can the idea of 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 pain being transferred from generation to generation so if uh, you know a painful incident or event occurs to a member of your family you know two generations ago if that pain isn't dealt with then the theory is that that pain gets passed along from person to person and manifests in different ways and and, and you know and causes different problems for, for different generations going on and essentially that's kind of what um Candyman this version of Candyman does as well as dealing with gentrification and police brutality and violence and, and things like that um and black on black violence too um so it deals with kind of a lot of different things um 
but I quite enjoyed Candyman 2021. I think one of the one of the only complaints I had is that there was um, some points where it was a little bit slow at, at some points uh, in the story, and I felt like it, it could have maybe trimmed off maybe 10 or 15 minutes here or there. Um, and even though it's bloody, it isn't like if you're a proper gore hound, it's not that gory, to be honest. Um, cause I was watching it and then I rewatched, uh, Candyman 1992, um, just to kind of compare like where they were at. And this Candyman is definitely not as brutal as, as 1992's version was. Um, although as said, it has its blood and its gore, but certainly not necessarily to the extent that the 1992 version has. Um, but it does for me largely work because they, they took, you know, quite, a story that I was quite fascinated with from the 1992 version and they expanded on it in a way that that kind of makes it unique and not just a, a, an exact retread, which I think was more what I was worried about was that it was just going to be like a, a reboot slash remake where they just retread everything that's already been done in, in the 1992 version, but they actually... Um, they actually went in a different direction with this story, which uh, I thought was pretty impressive. So um, Candyman uh, 2021 is out now. I believe it, it's still in the cinemas, I think. I, although I don't know, don't quote me on that. It, it's probably going to be out on streaming pretty soon though. Um, but if you haven't seen it and you're curious, then um, I would recommend you know checking it out and definitely giving it a look because there is uh, a lot to enjoy from Candyman. The acting is really, really fantastic in this. Um, so I would definitely go and, and, and check it out for that alone. Um, Candyman, sorry, did you watch Candyman? You didn't, did you? I, I didn't, no. Um, but you know, once again, that's another that's another movie that, that I think that's a you know that you know Candyman should have been released in October. In yes. fact, you know what? Yeah, yeah. Well, in it fact, was supposed to, wasn't it? But it got it got COVIDed, <laughs> basically. Oh, yeah, oh, it man. got it got hammered by um, because of the the pandemic last year. It was supposed to come out during uh halloween last year and then yeah covid hit and, and that was the end of that really mm. so um yeah that's why it had it ended up getting pushed back again because at one point i think they were talking about possibly releasing it on streaming over halloween but again they okay. were kind of like um they were like no nah, they wanted to to kind of release it on the big screen in the end and, and so yeah they moved it to um to yeah earlier this um this year so yeah, yeah that's what yeah. happened unfortunately so yeah covid has, has, has like kiboshed a lot of horror movies that should have come out around this time yeah. um yeah unfortunately the, the the real horror out there is um yeah it's taking care of the the, the fictional horror unfortunately yeah yeah i don't know like yeah i mean i, I mean I mean, to be fair, even the original Candyman, you know what it is, once again, like, because I'm very, very practical as well. And you know me already, Jay. And um, in fact, I'll tell you a story that I told um, about the whole breaking into the house this week as well. Um, like, my sister watched Candyman. In fact, I watched Candyman with my mum years ago. My sister, and I think my sister watched it with us, and it scarred her for life. Mm. And I remember watching this movie and being slightly scared, but then just going, you know what? You just don't say the name. That's it. So after that, I was never really scared. So when this new one came out, I was like, I understand why it's, you know, why there's a scary protagonist in this movie. But all you need to do is stay in your lane. That's it. Just stay in your lane. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know, it's funny you say that because there was a a meme I saw on the internet somebody had posted where it basically says... um, 
something along the lines of what you were saying, basically, where someone said, listen, all Candyman wants you to do is keep his fucking name out, out of your mouth. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. That's all you got to do. But no, you got to go and speak his name, innit? So like, all right, so you deal with what, what comes after that, innit? So, <laughs> so, you yeah, know we laugh. So, you know, t- t- technically, Candyman is the is the cancel culture of Twitter of hello of, of like the horror of the horror genre. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just don't just don't invoke him, innit? Like, don't invoke him. Because <laughs> if you invoke him, boy, well it, the, the, the rest is on you, innit? So like, mm. yeah, yeah. So that that is um that was kind of funny. But but yeah, definitely check out uh Candyman listeners as well. Um what else have I seen? Uh I saw Malignant. Uh, which is the uh, movie directed by James Wan, written directed by James Wan, uh, that mm. came out, ooh, gosh, I want to say maybe a couple months ago. Um, it was, you know, an internet darling um, on release. Uh, people absolutely loved it. Um, I thought it was ridiculous. <laughs> like, and I just mm. could not take it seriously at all. Um, it is definitely one for the true genre fans. Uh, if I'm being polite, but to be honest, I just thought it was bad. <laughs> like it was just really bad. Um, mm. It was. It, it it kind of. You can see cl- clearly it's a homage to you know sort of like the the eighties um, uh, kind of pulpy trashy horrors of of the eighties that came out. Um, but it it kind of updates it slightly and gives it a slightly modern twist. Um, but for me, it just didn't work as, as as a horror film. Like number one, I didn't find it scary. Um, number two, the, the dialogue was just so bad. Like there's so much kind of expo- expository dialogue, and mm. and people literally like saying things out loud that you know you should be showing the audience through the 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 through the camera and through the script rather than kind of having the characters spell out exactly how they feel. And it, it just was weird. Like at, at certain points, it just was really, really weird. Um, there's a bit where it goes John Wick halfway through the, the movie for some reason, which was just <laughs> like, I was just like, what the, what in the fuck am I watching? Like what, what's going on here? And that's a problem with another movie that I'll talk about in a minute as well. But um, yeah, it, it, it just was, was, odd and everybody on Twitter loved it and I was like why <laughs> like I don't get it like have I have I missed something here so I watched it again and then I was like no this is cack like I don't, <laughs> I don't understand like I'm sorry but like uh, this is cack like you you people are getting excited over nothing um you know because people were going like this is the horror movie of the year and blah, blah, blah. I was like really that's the horror movie of the year so um, yeah, *Malignant*. I was not a big fan of. Um, I don't know how much you know about it, Rich, or if you've like kind of heard any people talking about it and stuff. I mean, I, I have heard of it, um, and I ha- well, I have heard of, have heard about it, and it ha- it is on my list of something that I did want to watch, but it was because of a clip that I saw where I think they're trying to chase, they're, they're trying to chase the, the you know the, the evil entity or whatever it is mm. down like the, the outside of a building, and it's doing yes. some form of parkour. Yes. And I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, like I could fuck with that. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing like, is, I think you would like it because it's yeah. because of that kind of thing, because there's a lot of that yeah. in it. But mm. the problem for me was you've kind of established a certain set of rules. Like when yeah. you do like a creature movie, um, yeah. 
particularly a horror creature movie, what you want to kind of do is establish what the rules are surrounding yeah, that creature yeah. in terms of powers, in terms of like what it does and, and how it does things. And you want to try and be consistent. And Malignant mm. is not consistent with this creature. Like one minute the creature can do parkour and shit, then the yeah. next minute can be locked out of a room with a lock and a key. And you're like, hold on, mm. but it just did parkour <laughs> like five minutes ago. How comes you can now keep it locked out with, with a lock and a key? And then, mm. and then the next minute, as said, we'll start going John Wick on people. Like, and you're like, it doesn't add up. Like, you're going to have to mm. be consistent with your shit. So, so yeah, that was the issue, uh, along with, as said, lots of other issues for me with uh, Malignant, really. But, um, but yeah, I don't know, listeners, maybe you guys can educate me on, on what I'm missing there and, and, and what's going wrong. Um, but yeah, I'll try and whiz through the other ones a sec because I don't I don't want to keep going on and on and on. Um, I recently watched Werewolves Within as well. Um, that was pretty good. Uh, I had no idea it was based on a video game. Um, it, it wasn't until after I finished watching it that I realised it was based on a video game. And I was like, oh, I didn't okay. I didn't even know that. Didn't even no. know. That, no, neither did I. I had no idea. But yeah, apparently it's based on a video game. So um, yeah, there you go. But um. Yeah, it was quite good. Werewolves Within, it was quite good. It's kind of set up as like a, a whodunit almost, mm. um, which is always interesting. Um, so it's, you know, a bunch of people in a, a snowy sort of town in America. And, um, you know, there's various different kind of characters within this town, uh, some of whom, well, all of them have got their own kind of quirks, really. And then this new um, forest ranger arrives uh, from again from the big cities is always the, the the case in horror movies um and you know he's got to try and get used to like these different characters and their different quirks and whilst that's happening a number of people are being murdered uh so they're trying to kind of work out who it is is behind these murders and then you know they come to the idea that maybe it's a werewolf or is it werewolf we don't know um, so it's kind of like a, a guessing game to work out whether or not it is a werewolf. And if it is a werewolf, who is it in the town? Mm. Um, so there, it, it's not bad. There's some quite funny gags in there. Um, the problem I had with it in the end, though, was towards the end, it started to become pretty predictable. I mean, first of all, it, you can work out fairly early on who is the, the culprit, so to speak. Okay. Um, so that was a little bit um, of a drag because I was kind of like when they did the big reveal at the end, it was kind of like, yeah, I, I, I kind of knew that it was fairly obvious. Um, but it is that there is some entertaining as said gags in there. And it's good to like see horror comedy uh, kind of being attempted again, because I think that's one genre that you don't really one subgenre of horror that you don't get a lot of these days is horror comedies, which we used to get a lot of in the eighties. Mm. Um, so it's good to see, you know, people are trying to to make a comeback and, and, and trying to bring that kind of style of, of horror filmmaking back as well. So, yeah. so, um, you know, it is worth a watch, I would say, uh, but it's not necessarily, you know, sort of top ranking kind of stuff that, that I've seen um, yeah. so far this year. Well, you know what? Because because you sent me the horror, um, the the horror within um, the um, werewolves at night, and I still need to watch it. But I, and I did kind of clock that it did seem a bit like a, a who done it. But because I haven't seen it, I didn't know it was going to go full on. Mm. But you know, it does what it does remind me of. And this is actually a film that scared me when I was younger. Um, so I must have been like single figures because I still lived in like proper proper South London, Battersea. Um, and it was a film called The Beast Comes at Night. 
and it's this and it's this it's kind of like it's a similar premise i mean i might mm. google it and you know maybe we can post it somewhere but yeah. it's about like a, a bunch of friends that get invited to a dinner party or for the uh, or like get invited to a house for the weekend but it's like a mansion type of thing and they you know and they and i think that one person's a hunter one person's like a an animal specialist or something like that and this person's basically saying that you know you know there's a werewolf and then at the end what happens is that there's a after some people are being killed it gives you like a little 60 second time clock which actually appears on the screen mm. and basically says who do you think has done it and then when the clock hits zero it then shows you who's done it then there's a whole little thing where they kill the person or where they kill the werewolf and then they have this whole flashback as to the way how the werewolf was spread from one person to another and, until it makes it towards the end of the movie. And, right. um, and I always, and I remember being scared of it, but I always remember, even as a kid, like, I think I must have been like eight, but I always remember just going, this is really, really smart. Like it was just, it was, it was nothing that I'd never seen before. Mm. And to be honest, it's something that I have never, I've never seen since. I think probably the closest I've seen to that type of thing of like, oh, can you figure out who's done it? It's probably that comedy film Clue from back right. in the day with like Tim yeah, Curry yeah. and all of that yeah hmm. so yeah okay. but yeah but I, I will but I will watch it I will watch the, the werewolf within yeah yeah I'd say give it a watch it, it, it is worth it um you know it's it's a good attempt at it and it does sound very similar to that film you were describing actually um hmm. yeah very similar now I've come to think about it but but yeah um werewolves within I think is is, is certainly uh worth a watch as well um, I also watched uh, Squid Game, the, the the series that has taken the world by storm. Um, why it has, I don't know. That that's um, so probably a discussion for another day. Um, but yeah, Squid Game is really good, really enjoyable, very very well executed. Um, I guess everybody's kind of seen it by now and heard it by now, so there's no point in me kind of giving you a rundown of what Squid Game is about. But um, essentially i mean it, it's it's a survival kind of horror series basically where uh you know a group of people agree to to take part in in a series of games uh with the promise of winning a huge amount of money at the end um and there is you know lots of kind of things that that go on within the series that are, are very unique to kind of South Korea and and because I didn't know this at the time, it was only after I watched it and I did my research. Um, South Korea apparently has like a really massive problem with personal debt uh, and credit debt. Like like a lot mm. of South Koreans carry huge amounts of debt, um, so that plays a big part in in kind of what happens in Squid Game and is is kind of part the driving motivator for a lot of the the characters that kind of take part in Squid Game and. Um, but what Squid Game does really well is it kind of balances out those individual characters and, and gives them kind of backstories and, um, you know, realistic reasons as to why people would, would do something so extreme uh, to the point where you're kind of like, OK, well, I, I get it now. I understand why you are you know doing this and, and why you are signing up to this insanity. Um, but it's great. Yeah, Squid Game is really, really great. And um, it's, it's cool because it's, it's not something that you haven't seen before, particularly if you're a genre fan, you know, if you're somebody who's, uh, particularly if you're a fan of kind of, you know, Far Eastern style horror, um, it's not entirely dissimilar to Battle Royale, although I would say the two are different. 
Um, especially Battle Royale, the movie is, is is deals with some quite different things, even though the premise is is fairly similar to Squid Game. Um, but what as said, Squid Game does really, really well. And I think why it's connected, part of the reason why it's connected and resonated with people so much is because of the characters, is because the characters are so unique and, and so believable said each person really has a, a believable reason for doing what they would they would do and you kind of as an audience member you know you get it you empathize with them and you're like okay I understand you know why you, you are doing these things that you're doing but but yeah as, as you said Rich you know we've it's, it's not a surprise necessarily to us because the Koreans have been you know knocking it out the park for quite some time um, mm. But Squid Game is definitely one that, you know, for the 10 people on planet Earth who haven't seen it yet, because uh, apparently, according to Netflix, it's been viewed in something like 96 countries across the world or something like that. So, uh, you know, for the people who haven't seen it, then, um, yeah, definitely go and uh, check that out. Um, I know you said you started it, so we, we won't, you know, maybe we'll revisit at the that when you've um, had an opportunity yeah, yeah, to yeah. watch a few episodes yeah, I mean, and stuff. And Yeah, you know, I think I'm like, like episode four. Um, mm. I mean, you know what it was? It was just the whole thing of like, we're, we're fans of Korean cinema. So I remember the post, I remember like the advert appearing on Netflix for Squid Games from like, from, from day one and going, okay, cool. This looks good. I'm going to watch it. And then obviously life got in the way and I got caught up on a couple of other shows. And then by the time that had happened, everybody was talking about it. And I'm not going to lie to you, man. This is where the snob in me started to kick in. I was like, I'm not going to watch it now. All of these people who are like, oh, captivated by Squid Game and all of this stuff, they don't know about Korean cinema. These are the same people. <laughs> these are the same people that were like, oh my God, Parasite. Oh, like, you know, I've forgotten, you know, I feel really bad now because the director's name. Like, oh my God, he's amazing. And I was like, he's been amazing for years, bro. Yeah. Just yeah, like, where you like been? yeah, yeah, yeah. Where have you been? But like, you know, so I was kind been? of I was kind of cutting my nose to spite my own face. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did start it. Like, same thing, something we can revisit when I finished it. Yeah. But I I actually am quite surprised in the direction that has gone after like the second episode because I generally did think it was going to be more like a battle a battle royale thing where it takes place where it takes place yeah but yeah, um yeah. like I said but like I said I haven't got that far yet so you know mm. so when when we when I finish it then we'll you know we'll touch on it but um yeah. I mean it's 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 good for what it is so far I mean I, I can't knock it there's nothing bad about it but. Like you said, the way how some people are going on about it is you think it's like the second coming of, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi. But um... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Um, you know, as said, people like to hype things up, especially in, in this era. Um, but you know, but Squid Game is good. You know, I can't, I can't, as you said, can't knock it. It's it's good. I really enjoyed it myself. So, so yeah, listeners, we'll definitely um, do a deep dive on on that one once um, Rich has had an opportunity to to uh, catch up on all the episodes and stuff, and, and then we'll um, probably do a review and, and, and all of that. Uh, and then last thing I saw, I saw really recently, a couple of days ago, in fact, um, and. Man, this disappointed me. Uh, Halloween Kills. Don't say, don't say that. You don't say that, man. You, you say some nice <laughs> stuff about this film. I, I haven't seen it yet, but you know Michael. But you know Michael's my boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mike. Mike's my dude as well, man. He's my dude as well. Um, but yeah, I, I, sadly to say, like the film really disappointed me, uh, especially given how good you know the first movie was the reboot Halloween Kills is very very much 
obviously very obviously the the middle part of a of a three part story mm. because it begins almost immediately after the events of um the first halloween along with kind of a, a bit of um a bit of a flashback towards um the the original movie's events uh, back in 1978 mm. and it's very well done from a stylistic point of view but i don't think it really teaches you anything that you didn't already know um about that world and, and the characters within it so it, it kind of felt a bit indulgent really and, and just didn't really kind of tell you anything that, that you didn't already know as said um and then the problem with halloween kills as said is it's very much the the middle part of, of a, a three-part story so there's no real kind of grounding or, or context as such um essentially what happens is uh, as said, it kicks off immediately after the end of of the um, the first movie. So they're rushing Laurie Strode to hospital with her daughter and her granddaughter, um, and then a bunch of, of firefighters are going to the house to try and put out the fire. Um, and again, this is all stuff which they spoiled in the trailer, which was just so dumb to me. I don't know why they did that, but uh, surprise, surprise, uh, Mike Myers isn't dead. He's still very much alive. Um, and then basically he just goes on this killing spree and for pretty much like an hour and 20 minutes, it's just Mike Myers killing like random villagers um, mm. in, in the town. And I really kind of f- felt after about 25, 30 minutes in like, okay, what else are you going to do? Or are we just going to see like villagers, rabble rousing at the hospital going we need to stop him we need to end this tonight we need to end this tonight and then cut to Mike Myers killing some randos that we don't give a shit about because you never bothered really to explain who these people are or to develop them beyond kind of caricatures and cliches um and it's just like yeah it got to a certain point where I was just like oh goody Michael's chopped someone's head off again Oh, yes, and he's cut someone in half. And, oh, look, he stabbed someone in the neck. And, oh, look, there he is. He's going to chop off this kid's head. Oh, and it just like, you know, you can only see that so many times without anything else in the story before it just starts to get very predictable. And mm. you know how, um, you know, we like, or, or certainly you um, have said, you know, you like kind of like monsters where you understand the parameters and you understand how you can kind of get around the the, the monster, so to speak. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, that's the thing that they've done to Mike Myers in this movie. He is very much a character who pops up wherever he wants to pop up, whenever he wants to pop up. Which, which mm. kind of, which is usually something I like, but it kind of becomes a bit annoying in this movie because it happens so often. Yeah. But also, it feels like a lot of the the kills and and the murders and a lot of his victims could have just avoided this shit by just yeah. making like really really simple decision. Mm. <laughs> but it just feels like these people are so stupid that they've literally got themselves killed and it made me feel a little bit like what when i was watching um uh alien covenant and okay, remember yeah, when yeah. i watched alien covenant and i was yeah, saying like yeah. these people are the stupidest fucking scientists i've ever seen because they do mm. some dumb shit that just gets them killed and you're like like it's so frustrating for you to watch 
as an audience member. That's kind of how I felt with Halloween Kills. It just got so frustrating. I was like, really? Like, I know these people are small town people, but they're not that dumb. Come on. Like, um, and then, you know, as seems to be the case with a lot of horror these days, uh, Mike Myers has his John Wick moment. And I was just like, <laughs> oh, come on, man. Like, it, you know, it should have been cool, but it wasn't cool because of everything that preceded it beforehand. Mm. Because again, I was kind of like, you've got him cornered, like put some bullets in his head. Like nobody, why are you not following the Thanos rule? Go for the head. Like, <laughs> what is wrong with you people? Like, you know, the, it's one of those movies where the people never bring enough guns or enough bullets or, you know, they run out of, of, of batons or somebody's about to take the, the kill swing and then they trip and fall over their own laces and fall on the floor and, and all kind of stuff like that. And it's just... Yeah, it's just frustrating, really frustrating. And then the movie kind of sidelines Laurie Strode as well. Um, so there's kind of a subplot where she is talking to um, a police officer who was uh, investigating Mike Myers' original murders in, in the 1978 movie. Um, mm. And so, like, she's kind of there, kind of given exposition, basically, about about Mike. And there's a couple of things that are kind of hinted at that I'm assuming are going to be closed off in, in the third movie. But, but yeah, it kind of sidelines her. And, and, and that's weird because she's kind of really the strongest character, you know, both as in terms of presentation and just in terms of, of who she is and, and and Jamie Lee Curtis's performance and things like that. It, it just kind of sidelines her and, and makes her background to, to all of these various, you know, random people. There are some nice mm. inclusions. Like there's a couple of, um, there's a couple of characters that um, actors are that return to play characters that they played in the 1978 movie. Um, okay, yeah, which is cool that. yeah which is that that was cool that was a very nice touch um that they did that and, and that was cool to see um but yeah it just it just felt like really disappointing to be honest and then come the end I was just kind of like god that, that felt a bit like a waste of time to be honest I felt like I could have skipped that one and just gone straight to to Halloween ends um which is the, the one that's due out in 2022 so mm. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. But um, yeah, I said, man, I'm sorry, but it was disappointing, bro. It was. There was just no way around it, you know. I, I just didn't really check for it. I, I know some people did like it, like certainly, you know, kind of perusing Twitter and, and, and the social media sphere. There's definitely people who did enjoy it. And yeah, and, and that's cool. Um, you know, th- th- that's perfectly fine. But yeah, for me, it just it felt... Yeah, it just felt threadbare in terms of plot and and heavy focus on killing and, and gore and stuff, which mm. is fine until, you know, it, it, again, it, it, it's another complaint I have about some horror movies where the body count is too high. Yeah, if the body yeah. count's too high, you can't care about the body count. Like, it, it needs to be a, a certain balance, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah. you can certainly have gory kills and stuff like that, but in order for that to have an impact, you've got to have done something with the characters previously along the way so that when it does happen, you're like, oh my God. And, mm-hmm. you, you know, there's a bit of shock there. Whereas if it's just relentless killing, 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 which certainly for a large portion of the middle act of Halloween Kills is what happens, then you're just kind of like, yeah, 
you know, bored now. Like, how, how many other? What are you going to do? You're going to put this guy in a blender and, and make him into a smoothie? Like, we can do that. <laughs> you know, like it just it, it just got ridiculous after a while. So, so yeah, that that was um that was Halloween Kills, man. Um, are you going to check it out? I mean, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, you know, I'm a massive fan. Of, I'm a, well, I'm a massive fan of John Carpenter, especially you know his great movies, Halloween being one of them. Um, and yeah, t- to be fair, you know what it is that that review you just gave that isn't any different to anybody else's review that i've heard to be honest is either they've really loved it or they've basically had the same issue that you've just described Hmm. and um and like i said and it is one of those things where i just really i I do feel frustrated knowing that i'm gonna have to wait another year to see halloween ends Hmm. so i'm even contemplating now to even just maybe just wait and like you know, yeah. wait till Halloween ends comes out, and then watch Halloween Kills, and then Halloween ends back to back, and then hopefully Halloween ends can kind of rectify the mistakes that you know everyone's been talking about in regards yeah. to, to to the sequel. Because um, it'd be sad to see the franchise end on such a bummer. Because like you know, Halloween twenty eighteen was good. Yeah, it yeah, was really, it was, it was really yeah. good. Um, and and the original Halloween is in my top ten of movies of all time, anyway, let alone horror movies. And um. And and yeah, I mean Halloween two isn't too bad. And and shout out to like Halloween four, the curse of Michael Myers or Paul Rudd playing Tommy Doyle. Because um, oh, we, yes. <laughs> we, we know that's got one of the best horror scenes that, that you know that we can identify with coming yeah. from ends. Coming from ends, we know what that we know what Tommy Doyle is about. So I'm just saying. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, you know what? I don't know, we'll see. It might be one of those movies where you know sometimes you can't find something to watch, you just be like, let me just watch it. Or if I can hold out till next year, then um, you know, then we'll see. But um, it's gonna be seen at some point because you know, I, Michael's my boy, man. Michael's mm. my boy. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Well, that um wraps up what we've been kind of checking out uh from movies and TV shows, horror wise. So hopefully we've given you a few suggestions there for things for you to check out. Uh, and if you do check out any of those, then uh, be sure to let us know what you thought of them as well, because maybe you'll like some of the things we liked, or, or maybe you'll disagree entirely. So um, let us know. Uh, we will let you know how you can get in touch with us at the end of the episode. Um, now you kind of touched on this already, Rich, but I was just going to um, ask you, what is your, do you have an all-time favorite horror movie? I should say rather than what is your favorite all-time horror movie? All-time favorite horror movie. You know what? I can give you, I can give you a list in no particular order because that order changes depending on whatever. Mm. So I can give you like a little list. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, so Halloween, a standard, like the first Halloween, Jod Carpenter, Jamie Lee Curtis, Nick Castle as the shape. Perfect. Perfect movie. Um The Thing, another John Carpenter movie. So it's a remake of the The Thing from Another Planet, which is a 1950s movie. Um, and then remade in 1982 with Kurt Russell, um, Keith David, and a host of other actors who are famous, but I can't remember their names right now. Um, and if you want to see like special effects, which isn't CGI, but more like, you know, animatronics and body horror, body horror gore, go and watch that movie. And then tell me if that still doesn't scare the shit out of you, even though it was made in 1982. It is... It's, that's nearly a perfect movie. In fact, it is a perfect movie. It's a 10 out of 10 for me. So Halloween, the thing, it follows. I can't remember the person who directed it, but that came out quite a few years ago. And I'm also a fan of like the type of horror movie where it 
kind of delves into what horror really is about, the same way how science fiction isn't about laser swords and spaceships, although there's nothing wrong with it. I like the fact of like when you watch a particular genre and you can kind of like link it back to what originally inspired it. So for example, vampires, you know, to the majority of people would be about, you know, creatures that suck your blood and then change you into a vampire and you're automatically evil. And it's like, no, you know, to certainly agree, depending who you're talking to, it could be about, you know, sexual repression or, you know, like basically just wanting to live a wild free life, you know, sexually and, you know, liberally, you know, in whatever you want to do. The same way how I always feel that Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde is a horror movie or is a story about somebody who suffers from mental health issues. Um, but then that's just me. I could be completely wrong. Um, so It Follows is basically about uh, a girl who's followed by a, a some form of poltergeist but this poltergeist is a curse that can be passed on and got rid of by having sex with somebody. So to me, it's more of like a, a cautionary tale in regards to having safe sex and who you have sex with. So that's why I like that movie. Um, and then there's also Attack the Block. I mean, Attack the Block goes without saying because Attack the Block is... Well, I mean, Attack the Block. Jason, that's me and you at 16, bro. Oh yeah, man! Listen, <laughs> you know I mean? that, that that that's a documentary of our lives, bro. Yeah, that's <laughs> a documentary of our lives. Like, you, know, like, <laughs> you know, so there, there's attack the block, and what what else is there? Oh, and of course, my boy Seth Gecko, because Seth Gecko from from Dust Till Dawn, because from Dust Till Dawn easily has one of the best things that I live my life by: when and if anything supernatural enters into my vicinity, and it goes like this. Seth, Seth, what were those? What those? Those are those are fucking vampires, man. Those are fucking vampires. This isn't verbatim, by the way. And excuse my um my um my uh accents or like you know, impressions of these people, but it's something about like what what was the what was that thing, Seth? What was that? Well, you know what? They look like vampires to me, and you know what? I don't believe in vampires, but I believe in what my eyes told me. And if my eyes told me that they were vampires, then we're going to have to deal with them. And that, I like that. I like that practicality when it comes to shit like this. <laughs> I like the Arnold Schwarzenegger thing. If it bleeds, I can kill it. Kill it. Yeah. So yeah, so that's it. <laughs> for sure. So for yeah, sure. yeah. So, so that's my list. I'm sure there's a few more I could add to that, but ones that I, con- that I constantly go back to, like every so often, just because um, you know it doesn't have to be Halloween. Um, yeah, th- those are definitely on that list. So yeah, so so can check those out. But if I had to pick one, I'd probably say Halloween, just because it generally does scare me. Like at the end of that movie, when it shows clips of the house, when Michael's mm. gone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, bruv. Yeah, bruv. Listen, to get from the living room to the toilet, all the lights are being turned on. Mm. All the lights are being turned on and I've got a knife in my hand. Oh, I know. Oh, oh and then, um, and uh, um, honorary shout out to um, Scream as well. John, um, yes. uh, yeah, Wes Craven's Scream. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Gotta give out, uh, give it out to the OG Scream as well, man, because that that's an amazing movie. Um, yeah, for me, pretty much all of the ones that you named. I think the only things that I would add on a personal level are probably um, ones that were quite memorable for me when I first saw them: uh, The Exorcist. Um, mm-hmm. It's probably one. Uh, Poltergeist is another one that I would probably add to the yeah, list as yeah, well. Um, yeah, again, yeah. just because it was, was quite memorable. Um, I'll just listen that 
<laughs> I don't know who told me to be watching Poltergeist at age eight. <laughs> like, I really don't. But that scene where the, the, the tree tries to eat the kid, like that that traumatized me for years, bruv, because I had mm. a massive tree outside of my bedroom window. Like, <laughs> so I was not impressed, bruv. Not impressed. Um, and I guess the ring um it has to go on the list as well because um yeah. the, the ring really creeped me out. I mean, both the Japanese version and the US remake. Um yeah, I, I actually yeah. think the US remake is really good. Um I I, I like the US remake. Yeah, I prefer yeah, really it. Good. I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah, I, I think it's really, really good. I know got a lot of people shit on it, but I think the, the I mean, the sequel, no, not so much. The sequel was, was yeah, we don't talk about terrible. That. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, both the Japanese and, and the US versions of, of The Ring are, are creepy as hell. So um, yeah, got to give some love to those as well. Um, but yeah, I think that's it, really. I think that that's, uh, would, would be kind of the all-time kind of horror movie. So that's our Hall of Fame. Um, if there's mm-hmm. any that you would add in there, then, then let us know as well, as said. Um, yeah, that'd be a good look. Uh, right, Rich, do we um, have any horror comic books that we're fans of or, or horror? Because uh, I was trying to think of if there were any kind of like specific horror books, and there isn't necessarily much that I could think of that I have personally read. It, it would be more kind of, I guess, the supernatural to put it in in quotation marks as opposed to flat out we're trying to scare the bejesus out of you although Mm. um there has been some examples that i've read but um i mean yeah for me it would probably be sort of more the supernatural but you know well you already know what storyline arc i'm gonna say so i'll let you (laughs) like (laughs) because you already know uh, you know what I mean like uh, aside from what what I'm going to mention like because that's that's your favorite so you're gonna you I mean you're really gonna wax lyrical Mine, it's just gonna be an intro from me but I've met that's one genre I've realized I've never really touched on in comic books that is um mm. the, the horror genre and um and I think it's it's very much a very niche market as well and I don't think it's as readily available as it used to be in the 70s and 80s um so yeah I mean yeah I mean yeah I think and yeah, it's just weird because even I'm trying to think there is there, there was like some form of like horror line in Marvel at one point, And I'm sure there was the same thing in DC, but it was more it still felt more supernatural based and it's still kind of linked to the main superhero universe somewhat. So if you think about it, even though it's not horror based, it's supernatural based like um, Sandman and things like that. Mm, or, or, mm. Swamp, or Swamp Thing, you know what, the, the closest... Yeah, Swamp Thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Swamp yeah. Thing is probably the closest I would think of. And, uh, and Swamp Thing and Man Thing, and probably The Tomb of Dracula, um, those are comic books that I would think were, were horror comic books. But the ones that I've seen in documentaries and stuff like that, I mean, they, they go balls to the wall, and they were probably some of the reasons why the comic books code authority was, was put into place. Mm. But, um, you know, a really good channel, a really good YouTube channel that you should watch or listen to who at some point probably has touched upon this or if they haven't they probably will is um ed pisco so ed pisco is um uh, a writer and uh, an artist and he's what is he what's he done that you would definitely know he did the the illustrated hip-hop history so oh, okay if, right right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so and, and he's a massive fan of like just comic books in general like just comics comics in general anything that you know that you had to draw and then put some speech bubbles on it and put it onto a piece of paper. He's a fan of it. And in each episode, he would just 
pick a particular period, a particular artist or a writer, or or even like a like a you know company, and then just wax lyrical about them. So um yeah, so I'm sure he's probably going to have an episode. So if I come across that, I will you know we'll post it up on like one of our socials, and anybody who's listening, he can go check them out. But um in regards to me, I've never really been a fan of it, and the closest I have been to it is probably when I met you, and that's when um the superhero group known as the Midnight Suns came into uh, into into effect, bro. And uh, Hell yeah, I mean, <laughs> what are they like? What, what, what would you describe them? The Rolling Stones, the Backstreet Boys of the Supernatural? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the, the, the Backstreet Boys is definitely, uh, <laughs> it's definitely a, a good look for, for the Midnight Suns. But um, yeah, man, holy cow, I love that, that comic book arc i really did love it um yeah it just was like all of my favorite characters just kind of well, well they weren't all my favorite characters funnily enough they they weren't because there were quite a few of them I, that i got introduced to in the original midnight suns um story arc that marvel did um sorry i should explain for those who do who aren't familiar basically um the midnight suns was um a, a limited uh a limited series run and and the story arc that kind of dealt with uh, several Marvel characters coming together to deal with the supernatural threat of uh, Lilith, who is, I think, I guess the MCU's mother of demons, I guess is the best yeah. way to describe her really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So she's like the MCU's version of, of, of the mother of all demons, essentially. So um, she, you know, is the, the one who controls um, the various kind of, demonic entities be they vampires monsters demons and, and things like that that exist within um that world and uh in the arc that i read she is able to tear a fabric in uh reality and, and basically gains the ability to to invade um the the marvel comic book universe and and uh, cause havoc essentially um and so a, a team is put together um Doctor Strange is is a consultant to this team, but he he gathers together basically all of these individuals a, a, across various comic books to to combat this um, force, and they end up being called the Midnight Suns. And there's various names that you'd recognize. There's Blade in there, um, Johnny Blaze, who was the the original Ghost Rider, although he no longer has the Spirit of Vengeance. That at this point is passed on to uh, another character called Danny Ketch. Um, who is Ghost Rider, but Johnny Blaze has a shotgun that um, fires like pellets that have hellfire in them. Hellfire. I was just like, what? <laughs> yeah, like, it's just it's just one of them like kind of dumb comic book things that, that's dumb but so fucking brilliant at the same time. You're just like, just don't make no sense, but I don't care because it fires hellfire, man. Like, <laughs> like you know, you know, you know what it is? It's like they went, well, like, well, he hasn't got the, the spirit of vengeance in him anymore. So what's he gonna do? Well, you know, we're going to give him a long trench coat, a ponytail, and a shotgun. Yeah. And, and one guy just went, yeah, but but shotguns don't work. And there was, there was silence, and he just went, yeah, but it, fire, it doesn't fire bullets. It fires hellfire. And he went, <laughs> yeah! And they just moved on. They just moved on, bro. And then, the and then they character. just did another big line of coke and was like, <laughs> okay, who's next? <laughs> Who else can we chuck in? Who else can we chuck in? <laughs> yeah my days so it was funny man so there's him and there's um ghost rider there's um who else is there as well hannibal king hannibal king yes um the the vampire who um 
refuses to, to drink human blood and, and he's yeah. trying to find a way to turn himself back into a human. So he yeah, just kind Ryan of... Reynolds. Not Ryan Reynolds, Hannibal King, by the way. No, 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 no. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, we, we don't talk about Blade Trinity. That that wasn't the, that wasn't the one. Oh, by the way, as well, uh, Blade 4K restoration is out in cinemas at the moment in the UK. So, oh, for real? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, definitely go and check that out as well, listeners. Especially if you haven't seen Blade on the big screen, it's a movie that deserves to be seen easily. So um, go and check it out, man. And, and I'm actually curious to go and see it myself. I might try and see if it's on at my local cinema and, and check it out because I'd be keen to see a 4K restoration of that. Um, to see how it holds that, up. But yeah, no doubt, no doubt, I will do. But um, yeah, so it, it's various kind of characters like that. There's um, there's another spirit of vengeance um, unleashed as well called Vengeance. <laughs> who, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. There's another spirit of vengeance called what? <laughs> vengeance. Yeah, I know. Like, like I said, these guys were just <laughs> these guys were like at Marvel HQ were just like they were doing big old lines and just going, yeah. What else can we do? Yeah, let's put another spirit of vengeance in there. But there's already one in there. Yeah, so. Well, what are we going to call it? Uh, vengeance. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do that. <laughs> like, next, next, next. <laughs> and he's like a cop. And um, what triggers the, the spirit of vengeance within him is whenever he gets mad. And I shoot you not, there's like certain <laughs> panels where he's just kind of sitting down because like he's caught um, a, a criminal who's been released. And so like... <laughs> Because the criminal get released, like like kind of the Incredible Hulk, he can't control his anger, so like the vengeance just starts coming out of him. And he, the character design for vengeance is just so wild and over the top. Nineties, like, over nineties. It's just so over nineties, so over nineties. Because his head, it's not even like a human skull; it's like some kind of demon skull. Like Ghost Rider, mm. listeners, if you can picture Ghost Rider in your head, you know he's got a, a flaming skull for a head, but it's a human skull. Like vengeance, I don't know what the hell they were doing there. They gave him like tusks, like an elephant, and all kinds yeah, of yeah. things. Like Rich said, it, it it's very much like nineties comic book, comic book style. Yeah, the big pads. old shoulder pads with massive with spikes, spikes on the shoulders. <laughs> yeah, and all of that. Some massive motorbike. Like his motorbike was at least twice the size of Ghost Riders. I don't know why, mm. but but yeah. But um, yeah, and then they go on and, and uh, battle these Lilith and, and her demons, demons like um, there's one called Meat Market, who I always remember because he he, he um, likes to eat human flesh and he walks around with like a bunch of chains with hooks on his body to um, hmm. chop people up. Um, I think Blackheart is in this story as well, if I remember yes, right. Yes, yeah, yeah, Blackheart is, um, yeah, yeah, I remember yeah, Blackheart yeah. is, yeah. So he plays a part as well. Um, and yeah, Mephisto makes an appearance as well at certain points. But yeah, I just, I remember just reading that story arc of just being, oh my God, this is so trashy and brilliant. Like I fucking love it. <laughs> and the only thing I'm asking for, like Kevin Feige, if you're listening, is like, please just, just give us something like Midnight Suns related. I know I've we got, got close to it. I know we got close to it because there there was, um, I don't know if you saw recently, Rich, but the guy... Um, who played Ghost Rider on uh, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, okay. You know, he was supposed to have his own spin-off show. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. 
what's his name gabriel luna that's it so he he was interviewed the other day and he was talking about what the plans were for the cancelled show and apparently the Mm. plan was that um well he had pitched to them that he wanted like lilith to be the main villain of the show and that um and the producers were like yeah what they were going to do is start um him off against lilith he gets whooped and then he's going to go around trying to like gather up forces to try and help him. Um, yeah. And they were going to introduce like blade and, and, and um, various different characters through, through the show. But then mm. it got, it got canceled or presumably because um, the MCU wants a lot of those characters. So uh, yeah, I assume yeah. they're going to feature in the MCU at some point. And we've seen the dark hold exists in, in the MCU now. I know it was in agents of shield, but it's now officially in, in the MCU because of um, yeah. Wonder so so yeah please kevin man just give us like midnight suns that, that's, that's all i want bruv like give it to me before i die and i'll, I'll die happy i promise, <laughs> I, promise <laughs> I won't ask for nothing else in life i just want to see that <laughs> i know i said that before when it came to the infinity saga but i don't like <laughs> so i don't want to seem like i'm being greedy but bruv like you gotta do this for me <laughs> you gotta make this happen <laughs> So um, yeah, we'll see what happens. I guess with um, Blade when when that comes out. Although I don't know if you heard, like a load of the Marvel movies have been pushed back. Yeah, um, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, so unfortunately, um, production dates have gone back. So it means we're going to have to wait a little little while longer before um, we get a lot of the kind of the the other Phase Four movies and and Phase Five movies. But but as said, we we live in a, a world that's unfortunately is dominated by real life horrors at the moment, and and sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just kind of have to um, take a back seat for that. Yeah, man. But yeah, cool. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Rich. Um, that was a cool horror chat, and it was good to kind all of good, um, go through all of that shit, man. Um, and I hope you listeners enjoyed that as well. Uh, you know, I said we're, we're kind of getting back into the swing of things over here, and we're hoping to kind of keep the, the momentum going now uh, that we've got this uh, first episode in a long while done for you. So, um yeah, keep your ears to the ground and, and we'll let you know when, when new stuff is coming out. But um, before we go, Rich, uh, do you want to talk a little bit about uh, this week's Danger Room Analysis and, and what you guys were chatting about? Yeah, so Danger Room Analysis is another spin-off from Wulong Talks that I do with uh, another friend of ours and a guest co-host called um, Alvin. Uh, Big L8, Big A, Big A85, Big A8. His name's Alvin. too complex. It's just Alvin. Yeah, 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 I don't yeah, know why he's Alvin, got some yeah, stupid yeah. code. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is? The, 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 num- the numbers merge, merge into letters and then I, and then I lose track. Um, <laughs> so, basically, so basically what me and Alvin do in Danger Analysis every Thursday on Instagram, on our Instagram page, which is Danger Analysis, is that we pick a scene from any form of, me- well, from any of the mediums, which could be like, you know, television, film, comic books, animation, computer games. Um, and we just pick an action scene. It could be a fighting scene, uh, you know, a, an action scene, a martial arts scene. It doesn't really matter. And we just break it down. That's the reason why we like it, why we might not like it, what would we change about it, uh, or what we would think is, you know, we could do better or what was what was bad about it, you know. And um, it's just about, it's just two of us just geeking out. No different to what me and Jason do here on Wulongs, but we just talk about action scenes in particular. And um, yesterday's episode was on... Uh, the scene from Casino Royale, which is which, which is what I'd probably consider to be the first introduction, mainstream-wise in cinema, to free running or parkour, and it's the scene where James Bond is chasing a character called Malaka, 
Um, and this James Bond is obviously um, Daniel No, Craig's. I didn't even know that guy had a name, bruv. Until you did that Until you did that danger room, I didn't even know he had a name. <laughs> I, I just was like, yeah, parkour guy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Be a parkour guy, the guy who you can jump stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, and basically, and the character of Malaka is played by a guy, well, a, a famous parkour freerunner called Stephen, uh, called um, Stephen? Well, I, I, you know what? Anybody less distant right now, it, it's quite late. So, you know, uh, my mind's all over the place. But um, Sebastian, sorry, Sebastian Foucault. Mm-hmm. And he's considered to be one of the, the, four, the, you know, one of the founders of free running and parkour alongside David Bell, who actually is his best friend. And I think they're like godparents to each other's kids or something like that. So, um, so yeah, so, I mean, that was what, what yesterday's episode is about. In past episodes, we've done scenes from Bloodsport with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Um, we did a scene of Bradley Allen, who passed away recently, who was a, we did the, the choreography for Shang-Chi and a host of other films, if you go and Google him. Um, but in this scene in particular, he fights against Jackie Chan. Um, we've done scenes from The Matrix. I mean, run over to Instagram and uh, Danger Room Analysis and uh, basically all of our episodes are on there and, um, and give us a follow there as well. Um, and yeah, that's what we do. But Jay, before we go as well, can we, I think we need to give a little shout out to one of our friends who basically just had his second film released, but it's just doing the circuits in the, in the competition circuits. So um, Jed and Rob Savage, man, with Dashcam. Ah, uh, yes, of course. You know what? I've been so like kind of disconnected in some ways that I've not even yeah. really kind of been that aware. I was aware that the, the, they had put a new movie out, but I, I didn't know too much about it. So um yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, we'll give them some love, man. Give them the flowers. Yeah, man. So, yeah, so basically a, a really good friend of ours called Jed Shepard, he directed his first film, the first mainstream film. Could it, yeah, first mainstream film uh, during the pandemic. It's actually called The Hosts. And it's not The Host, it's just called Hosts. And officially, if not this week, then last week, it was cited as the scariest movie to watch which actually belonged to a film for quite a few years called Sinister, which stars Ethan Hawke. Um, and was that, was, that was directed by somebody famous as well. I can't remember. Uh, that's the James Wan movie, I think, Sinister. It's, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, so yeah, Sinister's James Wan movie. So the guy, same guy who did that malignant parkour demon thing he was talking about. And um, so, yeah, so Jed Shepard's first film with Rob Savage called Host is now the, officially the scariest movie to watch. And they just released their second movie called Dashcam which I haven't had a chance yet of seeing. So Jed Shepard, if you're listening, bruv, what's going on? Where's my special screening? Or no, my special screening. I'm sounding guilty. Where are my and Jason's special screening for Wulong Talks? Um, so yeah, so just a big shout out to those guys for releasing their second movie. And, um, you know, like I said, it just goes hand in hand with, with Halloween. So I just thought I'd give him a bit of a shout out before I forget. So yeah. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. We'll have to um, have a chat with Jed and see if we can get him to come on and, and talk about Dashcam for sure. Because, uh, yeah, mm. I said that, that kind of just passed me by when it came up because there was just so much going on in, in my life at that point. I wasn't even, um, you know, I was barely aware that, that he'd actually done that. But, yeah, we'll definitely um, we'll definitely see if we can uh, bring Jed back for a returning episode on, on Wulong Talks. Now um, things are up and running again. So for sure. Yeah, we'll definitely do that. All right. Uh, well, listeners, um, thanks a lot for joining us on this episode, this uh, Halloween episode. It's the first time we've done a Halloween episode for about three years, I think, you know, bro. Yeah, so, I think so, you know? yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah this, it's been cool to kind of um, actually get another one out there for, for listeners. So we hope you've enjoyed it. 
before we go, I must say a big thank you to uh, Rob Wade from Emotionally 14. Um, make sure you check out the Emotionally 14 network for loads of different podcasts, um, stuff that deals with uh, Star Wars, movie reviews, geek culture, all of the, the, the good stuff that, that we do here at Wulong Talks as well, but from different voices, which um, is always cool. So make sure you go and check that out. Uh, and a big thank you also to our show sponsor, Made With Rage Zero on Etsy. Uh, make sure you go and check that store out for any of your geek craft goodies. Uh, there's so much stuff available there. So, um, yeah, make sure you go and hit that shop up for all your geek stuff. All right. Uh, I think we'll put a, a needle in this one, mate, and call it a day. Um, as Rich said, it's a little bit late as we're recording, and I, I think that both of us are starting to slur our words a little bit. So, <laughs> so yeah, it might be a good time to call it a day. So, um, yeah, if there's anybody you wanted to shout out, bruv, before we say goodnight, then by all means do. Uh, I want to shout myself out for 60 second reviews. Uh, there should be one. Oh, Boomerang yes, of Halloween course. Sorry, well. sorry, sorry. I should have we're, mentioned we're, that. We're yeah. tired, man. We're tired and we haven't done this in ages. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, listeners. Yeah, um, do make sure you go and head to, to our Instagram page as well. Again, you'll you'll find out how to um, to access our Instagram page uh, at the end of this episode. But do go and visit there because Richard has been uh, knocking it out of the park with the Instagram reviews. He's also been doing a bunch of stuff for um, uh, our letterbox page as well. Um, he's uh, been putting up lots of reviews of, of things that he's recently seen. He's also been checking out um, some of the uh, various MCU movies and putting them in a ranking order, which we've mm-hmm. just I've just done as well. Um, my one is just nowhere near as as as, um, as polished as Richard's one because I just couldn't be bothered. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> truth be told. But um, yeah, yeah, it, it's uh, really worth checking it out, man. So, so go and make sure you give that a look and, um, and, and check that out. Otherwise, yeah, I think that's it, bro. Uh, I think we are good to go, to be honest. So um, yeah, should we say goodnight? Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah good night. And then stay safe, man. <laughs> it's Halloween, fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> what a perfect way to end it, bruv. All right, we're going to get you out of here, listeners. Take care, stay safe, and we'll see you again soon. Peace. Thanks for listening to us. If you're down with Wulong Talks, show some love by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Wulong Talks. You can also find us online at www.wulongtalks.com or drop us an email at wulongtalkspodcast at gmail.com. We can also be found as part of the BrickPod Scene Collective and we're also officially E14 endorsed. Search for those hashtags to enjoy more content from us and from other great British podcasters. 